What it do, baby? Welcome back to the Basketball Junkies Podcast. I'm your host, Sadie K. I'm with my boy, the one and only Slim H. What up, everyone? It's your boy, Slim H. I mean, the playoffs are here, baby. I'm super excited. Uh, they start today. I mean, I can't wait to get started. We're going to be breaking down each each first-round series. Uh, but before we get started, we had a, a great game last night, Sad, man. Uh, Memphis and Warriors. I know you were a little frustrated. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. First of all, look, Steph is great and all, but you can't have seven turnovers in a do or die game the 37 points or 39 points it doesn't matter seven turnovers i also want to blame steve kerr for playing kemp Bazemore. 26 minutes he was a minus 10 on the floor tiosco anderson in 32 minutes was a plus 11 i don't know what you were doing you should not be losing to the grizzlies look the grizzlies played hard and remember i didn't even know who their coach was in our last podcast And this dude didn't challenge when Jordan Poole stuck out his leg on the three. But no one wants to watch the Jazz versus the Grizzlies. Like, I'm sorry. That's just not a series anyone will watch. People want to watch Steph Curry. And he didn't come through at the end. Look, I get it. They were doubling him. They were jumping the screens. But hey, you got to... The pick and roll with him and Wiggins opened up a lot. When he was the screener, he got a lot of open shots. I just... I was very disappointed at the end of that game. But it was a great game. Probably the best game of the year. I kind of feel bad for Steph. Like you said, he's getting double, triple team. I mean, Brooks was hounding them. Shout out Brooks, Dylan Brooks, Mississauga boy, my man. Uh, he was hounding Curry all day. And I feel bad for Curry. I mean, the guy gave it all. He was number two on my MVP list. And what a great season for him. And unfortunately, he couldn't make the playoffs. But yeah, it is what it is. Bro, I just want to say one more thing. I saw Kelly Oubre on the bench. This dude was wearing some like fishnet stocking. Yo, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. First of all, you might get the award for like the biggest flop of the year. You're getting paid mad money and you came to the Warriors and you're having the worst shooting season of your career. Like, oh my gosh, bro. Everything about the Warriors frustrated me last night. They play way too loosey-goosey with the ball. And at one point in the fourth quarter, they had more turnovers than they had field goals. It's insane. But I will give credit to the Grizzlies. Yo, they play defense. They lock down. I don't know how slow-mo is in the league. Anderson, like that guy, he plays like me, like his right to left crossover dribble. Bro, I used to get picked doing that. I don't know how he doesn't get picked doing that in the NBA. It's insane. And I think uh, kind of showed that game, just the liability. Draymond Green is sometimes on offense. I mean, when Curry's shot's not falling on a regular basis and Wiggins wasn't doing too much. I mean, the dude can't even make a layup sometimes, Draymond Green. He's crying for fouls all the time. He's just great passer, great IQ, but uh, no shooting ability and just, just can't get buckets. No, 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 no. You are correct, but he did make two key layups that helped them catch back up. But in that moment, when he got the ball in those final seconds, I don't know why he even looked to pass. There was like two seconds on the clock. You just made back-to-back layups. Like, you have to just go hard at the rim he was afraid of contact that Tillman guy yo who hit the biggest three of the night with the clock winding down in overtime man oh I also want to give a shout out to Grayson Allen guy got a lot of hate out there in college yo he hit some clutch back-to-back threes in this play-in tournament I don't know why anyone hated on the play-in tournament all the games except maybe one weren't good like every game was exciting Every game made you want to tune in. It's the most excited I've been watching basketball, and it's leading into the playoffs, which just leads us to our next conversation. We're going to look at the Eastern Conference first-round series. We got Philadelphia versus Washington. Hayden, I need your take. 
what do you have going on in this series? And I think this is going to be a very good series. I see a lot of people saying it's going to be a sweep for Philadelphia. I personally think it's going to be closer than that. And I think Washington, they have a chance for an upset. You never know. Uh, I got a couple of main questions going into the series. On the Wizards side, which Russell Westbrook are we getting? Because that's going to it's going to dictate the series. Are we getting the Russell Westbrook that played the first playing game versus Celtics, who's breaking shots, uh, low energy, lots of turnovers? Or are we getting the Russell Westbrook for the Pacers, who was unstoppable? I mean. This team's going to go as far as Russell Westbrook and Beal carry them. And if Russell Westbrook's on fire, he's playing good ball, moving the ball, attacking, not selling them for bad shots, keeping low turnovers. This team has a chance to beat the 76ers. I really do think that. Uh, I mean, Beal's going to get buckets. Westbrook's got to be that number two guy. On the Sixers side, Ben Simmons. I think his shooting ability is really going to hurt them. I mean, the guy can't shoot. Or I think he can shoot. I've seen warm-up videos of him shooting, but just the issue is he's not willing to shoot. I think that's going to be a glaring issue come the playoff time. And then I also think, is Tobias Harris that guy? Can he be? Because Ben Simmons is not going to shoot. He's not going to be scoring that much. He'll get, I don't know, like 15 to 16 points a game. Is Tobias Harris that guy on a playoff contending team that can be that second scorer? I don't think so. I mean, he hasn't proven it yet. He can, he'll go and get 16, 17 a game. But come playoff time, defense is going to be locking up on him, on Embiid. Is he that guy? I don't think so. Westbrook's got to be good. On the defensive side, we know Joel Embiid. He's playing at MVP level. Uh, he's going to get his buckets. Uh, you got to make it tough for him. And in the past, playoff teams in the past couple years, the Raptors, the Celtics, they've thrown double teams, had Embiid, aggressive double teams, and it hasn't really worked out that well uh, for Embiid. He struggled at times, passing out the double team. I think that's the only chance Washington's going to have on the defensive side of the ball. You're going to have to force guys like Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons to score. Uh, guys like Danny Green to hit shots, um, Seth Curry even though he's a good shooter, make those guys score, get the ball out and beat hand, and just play off your rotations. So you got to tell me, how many games do you think this is going? Like I said, I think the Wizards have a chance, but I'm going to go to the 76ers in six games. Wow. I am one of those people that do think this is going to be a quick series. I love Westbrook. I've been raving about him all year, but and beat against the Sixers, I mean, against the Wizards this year, He's averaging 30, 9.7, 3.3 assists, 60% from the field. Those are better than his overall numbers. Look, they've back-to-back years, tough breaks in the playoffs. Kawhi hit him with the shot. Last year in the bubble, Simmons got injured, so they got swept. But this year, they have a new coach. I think they've surrounded themselves with more depth. Some of their young players like Thibel have grown. And you're right, Harris, he just hasn't produced in the playoffs. There was a stat out that he's shooting like 33% in the last two playoff series, so against the Raptors and the Sixers, uh, Celtics. It's tough, but who's going to guard Embiid? Robin Lopez, Daniel Gafford. You say you're going to throw a double team, but they do have shooters all around. I just think for Beal and Westbrook, like, look at the Sixers. They're just long all around. Pause. You know what I mean? Uh, They have Danny Green, Thibel, Harris, Simmons, Embiid. Like, that's a giant lineup. And for a player like Westbrook, who needs to be productive at the rim, there's just no space on the floor for him. And if he's shooting threes, I'm sorry, this might even end up being a sweep. The only reason I believe the Wizards will get one game because I got the Sixers winning in five is because I think the play in games help the Wizards, you know, get in rhythm before this first uh, first game. I also think another X factor for the Wizards, a guy who can get really hot and possibly a seven game series is uh, Davis Bertans. The dude's making $80 million a year. Uh, he's bricking shots. In the playing games, he wasn't very good. But that guy's like a human flamethrower. Uh, I know the season before, he was amazing, hence why he got a big contract like that. And 
as someone who can swing the series, if he's hitting the shots, that opens up the pick and roll. I saw some stats on him and Beal. They are like one of the best pick and roll, pick and pop games in the NBA. Super efficient. If he's hitting the shots, that could cause trouble for the Sixers, possibly. Yeah, he went two for 13 in the playing games, man. I don't know if he's a human flamethrower, if he's been cold, but uh, no. So you got the Sixers and six. I got the Sixers and five. Next up on the docket, we got the Nets versus the Celtics, which to me would have been one of the greatest first round series if Jalen Brown was around. But let me know what your predictions are. Yeah, like you said, uh, Jalen Brown's all around. So I think it's the easiest series in my mind in the Eastern Conference, at least. As much as I hate on Brooklyn, uh, I said they're not going to win a championship this year. Uh, team's still a beast. I don't see Brooklyn losing the series at all. Like you said, uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, without Jalen Brown, Celtics, they had no chance. Uh, Brooklyn's got the best free players on the court with KD, Kyrie, and Harden. I think it's going to be a sweep. I think the Celtics have no chance. It's going to be a quick, they want to be in, get healthy, limit the games, four-game series, easy sweep. The only chance the Celtics have of maybe stealing a game, I think, is if Tatum can go supernova. He's been playing really well, and he's had a couple high-scoring games here and there. So possibly, maybe he drops a 50-, 60-point game. But I just don't see it happening. Uh, I think Brooklyn wins this series e- easily. I said all along that their number one weakness is their interior defense. And on the Celtics, they don't have any big men who are going to dominate. I don't see Trishan Thompson dropping 30 points a game on them. So I just, in my eyes, it's a sweep. No, I think um, this. I think we disagree on this one. I think this series could be a longer series than most people expect. Yes, if they still had Jalen Brown, I was like, look, you could put Jalen Brown on one of the big three. You could put Marcus Smart on one of the big three. You could put Jason Tatum on one of the big three. It would have been super competitive. But look, the Nets are very weak defensively. They rank 22nd. So if Tatum and Kemba can get to the lane and break down the defense and create for others and players like Smart, Fournier, Pritchard hit shots, like this series could go longer than than expected. Like the Nets, I'm sorry. The, yes, they have, they're a high powered offense. They're they have the best uh, NBA offense efficiency since the big three came together. They score a lot, but you can score a lot on them. Teams like the Raptors have legit pushed them to the brink without all their entire lineup. I'm telling you, Tatum is a superstar. I truly believe he's going to take the leap in this series. I do have the Nets still winning, but I think this is one of the best series in the first round just because you're going to see a young up-and-coming star who's not afraid of anybody. And that showed when he dropped that 50-piece on Beal and Westbrook. And that team also wasn't good on defense. I definitely think the series will go six games, but I got the Nets in six. All I know is you talk about Braden Pritchard. Like, come on, man. I'm talking KD. I'm talking Harden. I'm talking Kyrie. And you're talking, well, Peyton Pritchard might be able to help. Nets in four. Okay, first of all, uh, it slipped my mind who their other guards were, man. I'm sorry, they don't have Brad Trashmaker anymore. So, you know, it, it slipped my mind. I really don't care about the Celtics that much. But anyways, moving on to the next series. This is probably everyone's top series in the Eastern Conference right now. We got the three seed versus the six seed. We got the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat rematch from last year. Who do you have winning this one? Yeah, this is my favorite series in the whole NBA playoffs, not even just the Eastern Conference. Uh, they met last year in the bubble. It wasn't close. I mean, the Bucks got embarrassed, and it caused a lot of changes. Uh, they went out and got Drew Holiday, which was a huge upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, and I really think it's going to show in this playoffs. Uh, I mean, past couple of playoffs for the Bucks against Raptors, against the Heat, when they, when they exited, Bledsoe was terrible. And... 
couldn't hit threes. He was a liability on offense. His defense was solid, but I mean, what Giannis needs is spacing, and I think Drew Holiday's going to provide that. He's a decent three-point shooter, and he's going to provide more shot-making, which is what they need. Because Giannis, he can't do it all. He's not going to be able to do it all, especially against his Heat defense. So I think Drew is going to be a massive upgrade over Bledsoe, and I think it's really going to show. Uh, but for the Bucks, also, they've been solved in the past couple of playoffs against the Heat and the Raptors by a simple strategy. It's get a strong physical defender on Giannis, and then when he, when he drives, that's what Giannis is going to do. He's not going to shoot much. He's going to drive. He's going to put a head down, try to post you up sometimes. But for the most part, just attack you straight up. So put a strong physical player on him and then collapse and hope the other guys miss. And when Bledsoe, when he kicks out the Bledsoe and he's bricking, yeah, that's easy defense. But with Holiday there, I think it's going to be a lot harder to do that this year. What he got going for them is Bam. Bam's probably the perfect defender for Giannis. He's strong. He's similarly built. He's got quick feet. I think he's one of the most underrated defenders in the NBA. He's great against Giannis. And he's going to make Giannis' life tough. But I really think Middleton also, I think he's going to have a big series. I think Drew is really, really going to shine. It's really going to show. I mean, it's really, really going to show how much Bledsoe was terrible. And he wasn't really good in New Orleans, New Orleans this year. I really like the Bucs in the series. On the Heat side, I mean, Butler's missed a lot of time. He hasn't played that much this season. Uh, there was a report yesterday from Sham saying how Butler's been at odds at times with his coaches, with a few players on the roster this season. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's a Heat season this team. I know I picked them for the finals this year. I mean, that was with Old Depot. Old Depot got injured, which was a huge loss for them. I got to go with the Bucks. I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be Bucks and five. Uh, I don't know about you, Simon, but that's my prediction. What? This guy said Bucks and five, but this is his favorite series in the entire playoff so far. That doesn't make any sense. Look, you are right. Um, I looked at the season series. It doesn't really matter because Butler didn't play in three of those games. So I, that doesn't really give us any notion on how the series will go. But Butler did lead the team with 23 points. He shot 53% from the field. He's going into the line 11 times per night. And he's disruptive on defense. When he was on the floor, the Heat were 11 points better than when he was off the floor, right? So he makes a significant difference. He's come back. He's getting back in a rhythm. They slipped into the sixth seed, and I think they wanted to play the Bucks. And the Bucks, they've made the moves. Giannis signed the contract. They went and got Drew. And you mentioned Eric Bledsoe, but you forget against the Raptors, Bledsoe wasn't the only point guard there. They also had Malcolm Brogdon. And Malcolm Brogdon is an efficient scorer who could also stretch the floor. It doesn't matter if you added Drew Holiday. P.J. Tucker, I'm sorry, in this series, he's going to have to play the five or the four because Lopez won't be able to stay up, stay on the floor. He's going to be a liability. And this season, Budenhoser has only played Tucker 56 total minutes beside Giannis at the center position. So they have no practice with Tucker playing the five. So it will, I don't know, this is, Budenhoser is one of the coaches on the hot seat. If he doesn't get out of the first round, he's getting his ass up out of here, bro. There's no way. You have Giannis in his prime. He signed that contract. You guys can't get out of the East, not one year. You've had the best record in the NBA the past two seasons. So to me, Giannis, back-to-back MVP. You're a superstar. You're putting up great numbers this year. I'm not even going to say them because we talk about stats every week. If you are the dog, the player you are, you can't just always be raw talent because once it comes to the playoffs, it's all about skill. I need to see it. And I'm afraid that teams have learned that until he learns how to hit that jump shot, they're going to do exactly what the Raptors did. Wall up, just like you said, and let the others beat you. Shaq talks about the uh, all the time. The others have to step up, but at the same time, you can't 
be afraid of the free throw line. You have to be able to hit that 15 foot mid-range jumper because once you hit that, the entire floor opens for you. They're going to step up a bit more. You have the long strides. You can get around Bam once he steps up, but they're dropping back in their coverage when they play defense on you, right? It just so happens like LeBron, the difference between him and LeBron is yes, LeBron's teammates, they have the confidence to make those shots. Sometimes with the Bucks, Middleton, Lopez, Brogdon, Bledsoe, they didn't make those shots for him. But I truly believe this Heat team is so deep. Yes, they don't have Oladipo, but yo, Trevor Ariza, sneaky pickup since joining the Miami Heat. I'm going to go Heat and six. It's just, I truly believe this Heat team is too deep and people are sleeping on them. I think they'll match up great with the Nets in the next round. I just, this is my prediction. Yeah, like I said, uh, they were my prediction before, but I don't know. Someone's off with this team. Yeah, I got to revert back. Uh, we're talking about Trevor Ariza. That guy, uh, he's not doing much in the playoffs. He, he's passed around so much. He's been on so many teams. Uh, he's not going to make an impact. Tyler Hero, he hasn't he had a great bubble last season, but he hasn't taken the next step in his sophomore season. Uh, and also, Vic, you mentioned Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, he's on the hot seat. Uh, Giannis just signed a new contract. This is it. This team wants it. They're hungry. I think Budenholzer, super underrated coach. And I think it's going to show the series. I mean, I see people saying, oh, Sprostra, he's going to outsmart him. But I think Budenholzer, he came from Greg Poffert to the tree. Uh, he knows what he's doing. And after two first round, or not first round exit, but two early exits in the past two seasons, I think he's going to adjust. And, I mean, watch out for this Bucks team. We'll see, man. I don't know, man. He hasn't. He's been very bad at making adjustments in the playoffs. So, we'll see. So, next up, we got. The New York Knicks, man, as if they're back in the playoffs with home court advantage and they got a somewhat favorable matchup versus the Atlanta Hawks. Four versus five. Hayden, you've been on Julius Randle all year. Tell me, who do you have winning this series? Well, as you know, I, I love the Knicks. Shout out Faisal Kabir, a huge Knicks fan. I don't think this is another series. I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Knicks are going to dominate the Hawks. I mean, Trey Young, I think, is, I think he's going to get exposed this series. I mean, this Knicks team, they're no joke on defense. Uh, they're going to show some bodies at him. Who we got? We got RJ Barrett. We got Alfred Payton. We got Reggie Bullock. We got quickly off the bench. I mean, Tibbs was even saying he might bring uh, Frank Nilakakina, or Nila, I can't even pronounce it, but Frankie uh, off the bench. And he's a great defender. Can't do much on offense, but that guy's a dog on defense. And I think Trey Young is really going to get exposed this series. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. I think I saw Monty Williams won a Coach of the Year award voted by uh, the NBA coaches last week. I was so angry. I mean, how can you not vote Tibbs on what he's done with his roster? You look up on, up and down his roster, all they got is Julius Randle. And his team's in the fourth in the East, fighting against the best teams in the East. I mean, his team's legit. I just don't, I don't see the Hawks. I don't believe in the Hawks. I said this before. I don't believe in Nate McMillian. I just don't believe in his Hawks team. I think it's going to be a really quick series. Only way the Hawks are going to win, or win a couple games at least, is if the Knicks can't hit their threes. Uh, they had the fourth lowest attempts this season, but they had the third highest percentage. So when you look at this Knicks roster, you don't pick them as a three-point shooters, but they've been hitting them a lot this year, obviously on a low amount of attempts. I don't think it's going to be close. Also, the Knicks are going to be allowing 9,000 fans into the Garden. And, hey, what's everyone say about the Garden? It's the best arena in the city. The fans are so passionate. I mean, the Garden's going to be rocking for playoff basketball. I think it's going to be a sweep. This guy said a sweep. A sweep. Okay, well, you talked about Trey Young. So his averages for the season were 25 and 9. 
against the Knicks in three games. He went 25 and 12. So that Knicks defense, he's still exposing them, right? I think the depth question about the Hawks is going to come into play. The Knicks have the third best scoring per 48 minutes at 105 points compared to the Hawks who have 95 points off their be- with their bench played 48 minutes. So the big difference there, right? The Hawks, when you think about their bench, who's really coming off of it, playoff schedules are shorter. Teams have more time to prepare. And you said it yourself. The Hawks can hit shots. And if the Knicks can't hit shots, it's going to be a long series for them, man. Yes, the Knicks are fourth in, M- in NBA in defense. The Hawks are top 10 overall in offense. Knicks are 22nd in offense. I do think you're right. Like defense wins championships and Tibbs has brought a culture here that will last for, I hope, a very long time. But people were making statements like Tibbs is the guy that gets you to the top of the hill. But to get over the hill, you need another coach. And that's just how it's been everywhere he's gone. He's never taken a team over the hill. In Boston, he was the defensive coach. He wasn't the head coach. I think the Knicks will win this series, but it's all dependent on if they can stop the three ball. That's that's just what it is, right? If you can't stop Trey Young, Bogdanovich, Herter, I know you don't like Herter, Snell, John Collins, like, yo, they got a Hunter. Oh, yo, oh, I might convince myself to say, okay, yo, you know what? The series will go six games, but I have the Knicks in six and it's going to be next round. The Sixers versus the Knicks. Ooh, that's a spicy series. And then you got the Nets versus the Heat. Man, that's what I'm talking about. Anyways, we got to move on to the Western Conference. And like I said, no one wants to watch this series. It's like the most biggest letdown going into the playoffs. We got the one seed Utah Jazz versus the eighth seed Memphis Grizzlies. It's not what anyone wanted. I either wanted to see the Jazz versus the Lakers or the Jazz versus the Warriors. And that was my predictions last episode. So I'm a little disappointed about this one. So Hayden, who do you have winning the series? Yeah, let's keep this one uh, short and simple because there's there's not much to say. I mean, hey, Memphis, it's been a good run. Uh, You fought really hard to get into the playoffs, but uh, welcome to the big boys league. Uh, Utah's a legit team. I don't see this game going more than this series going more than five. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a sweep. I mean, Utah—they're legit. They have a really strong chance this season to win a championship. I really do believe. Uh, as long as Mitchell is healthy, that's going to be really key. It's really kind of up in the air if he's going to play. He says he's on track to play. I think sounds like he's going to be healthy for the series. Without Mitchell, I still think it would be five, six game series. But as long as Mitchell's there, I think it's going to be a sweep. I just don't think Memphis has enough. I don't like John Morant. He's not there yet. I need at least one more guy, one more scorer, take that next level. I think maybe next season or the year after, if Jaron Jackson can take the next uh, step up. But, I mean, I think this is Utah's year to be a legit title contender. I don't think they're going to play any games with Memphis. They're going to sweep them. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Mitchell's been out since April 16th. He hasn't played in the regular season game since. And coming into the playoffs, you know, it's uh, scary if he can't get his rhythm. It'll suck for them because they've had a great year, but... Honestly, they have so much depth, like Clarkson, Ingles, Gobert. They went 10-5 and five without him. They have six people averaging over 10 points per game. They have Boyan Bogdanovich, man. Like, yo, this team is deep. And, like, just because Mitchell hasn't played since the first, like, April 16th, this will be his first game back in this playoffs, I, I'll i give the Memphis Grizzlies one game, one pity game at home. 
because they're a young team. You know, they play like they have nothing to lose. And you're right, Dylan Brooks is a dog, and he'll probably be hounding Mitchell and testing out that ankle. I'll probably go, I'll go Utah Jazz in five. And you know what? That's me giving some respect to the Grizzlies because they played two great games against the Spurs and the Warriors. But hey, man, ain't nobody want to watch this series. So let's just move on to the next one. This, to me, in the Western Conference will be the best, best series. We got the second seed Phoenix Suns and my coach of the year, Monty Williams versus Ass Wogel and the Los Angeles Lakers. This is the this 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 is the greatest series in the Western Conference right now. What are your predictions? Yeah, no, this is my favorite out of the West. Uh, Lakers enter as a favorite as a number seven seed, which is the first time in NBA history. So uh, they're a very strange number seven seed. Obviously, they're playing as a, a two three seed before LeBron and AD got injured. Uh, Lakers are going to win. Let's let's be honest here. I mean, there's no way they lose this. I do think it's going to be a close series. Uh, they match up recently. AD dropped forty two. On Aiden and the Suns, uh, he he'll be the key. I think uh, we know what LeBron's going to do. LeBron's going to do LeBron things. He'll get his twenty five, his seven assists, seven boards. Eighty uh, is going to be super really big all, for the whole playoff run. I think uh, he hasn't been that great this season. Obviously, he was injured for a bit, but even before he was injured, he wasn't playing at the level AD that level AD that we know he can be. Uh, possibly because just he was tired. He had a long playoff run the year before. But if we can get the AD that dropped 42 on them, who's aggressive, who's not just settling for jumpers, who's attacking the rim, I mean, I don't think the series will be close. Also, the Lakers have a lot of wing defenders to guard Devin Booker, to guard Chris Paul. I mean, you got KCP, Caruso, Wesley Matthews, just to name a few. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to get uh, scoring options. I mean, I think Crowder and Mikel Bridges are going to be huge for them if they want to make the series close. Uh, they're going to have to have Furies to give space in for those two guys to operate, uh, which I do think they will. I mean, Bridges was having a career year. He's improved every season since he came from uh, Villanova, and I think he's going to be a really big key. If I had to choose a game, obviously, I know sometimes the Lakers, they do disappoint a bit. And hey, don't, don't get Phoenix wrong. They're a legit team. I mean, Chris Paul is legit. Devin Booker, he's a bucket getter. I'm going to go. Ugh, it's tough. My heart's a big leg if I want to say a sweep, but I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I'm going to go, I think it's going to be close. I'll go Lakers, Lakers in seven. This guy went from, it could be a sweep to Lakers in seven. Um, I think we're on the same boat there though, because the key to me in this series is DeAndre. He has to hold down the paint for them. The Lakers, they rank sixth in points in the paint. So he has to play defense and he has to score in the paint against them, right? He can't get outplayed by Anthony Davis every single game. Because right now the Suns rank second in points, twenty uh, second in points in the paint in the NBA. This series is going to be a hard defensive series. The Lakers are the number one ranked defensive rating. The Suns are sixth. So don't expect high scoring games. These are all going to be methodical games. You got two of the best minds on either side. You got Chris Paul and you got LeBron James. They're two of the best basketball, best basketball minds I've ever seen. I've ever watched. I love both. I love watching both players. Don't get me wrong. Like just because I don't like LeBron James because against Golden State he tried to get a flagrant foul on Draymond Green and he held his head even though his head didn't even hit the floor. Like he over exaggerates and then he says like, oh, I saw three rims while shooting. Like all that extra stuff about LeBron James is what makes turns me off about him. But I, there's no denying how great he is. And the Lakers, they have the playoffs experience, right? 
They won the chip last year. Their players are high confidence whenever LeBron is there. I also just don't know, as you mentioned, like the Suns, they're going to have many players thrown at Paul and Booker. But for the uh, Lakers, who are the who are the Suns going to throw at LeBron? Crowder? Bridges is too small. Like, who are they going to keep on him? And LeBron is just too smart. He loves to use his body. And once he figures out he has a size advantage, he takes he takes over. Um, it sucks because my boy Monty was coach of the year. And he got the worst first round matchup, I think, in NBA history. You got to go up against the second best player of all time. Who's just coming back from an injury. So he's well rested against Anthony Davis. The only vulnerability I have, I, I guess, with the Lakers right now is they let other people the others, not the star players, the others on the team score. So you're right. Mikael Bridges has to hit their corner threes. Jay Crowder has to hit their corner threes. If they don't, the series, you're right. It's going to be a quick series. I'm hoping not, but I got the Lakers in six. Yeah, I just want to touch base on the point where you said uh, they're going to have a tough time guarding LeBron. I, I agree 100%. I mean, yeah, like you said, Bridges too skinny. I and mean, we also saw yeah, Crowder. In the finals last year, the guy had no chance to get LeBron. I remember, I think it was game six or game five, where I think he fouled him in the fourth, like three or four times in a row. LeBron got angry a little bit. I mean, dude can't guard LeBron. So they're going to have to figure out something to guard LeBron. Uh, moving on, though, big series. We got number three, Denver Nuggets versus number six, Portland Trailblazers. And I think it's going to be a very good series, a close series. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? You got Dame Time versus MVP. That's the headline of this series. Now, if you get into it, you got to think, can Nurk and Harry Giles or Giles guard Jokic? Damian is going to be guarded by Monte Morris, who just returned after 12 games. Barton, who's playing with a hamstring injury. They don't have Murray. They have an old Millsap. But Jokic put this, he put the team on their back, man. And they went 13 and 5 without Murray during that time. Like we talked about before, Michael Porter Jr. has elevated his game. What is he averaging now? He's averaging like 23 and 7 as a second scorer right now. So he's up to season stats, shooting 55% from the field. But the one thing that's concerned me is Aaron Gordon. Since he's come over, his offense just hasn't clicked with the Nuggets. I don't know what it is. He should be able to move around the ball. Jokic finds a lot of players, but he's averaging 10 points and 5 rebounds since coming over. So that's one thing to be concerned about. And Portland, they're just a guard-based team, right? As wherever McCullum and Dame take them, that's where it is, right? They picked up Norm, and Norm has been solid with them. In 17 games, he's averaging 17 points. You got Dame averaging 28, McCullum averaging 23. The Nuggets, they're 22nd in defending the three. Portland, they're second in a three-point attempts, right? So you can see there's a there's a big gap right there with the Nuggets, right? And look, Jokic, he's had a great year, but sometimes just playoff matchups, they don't favor you. And you don't have Murray, and this isn't the bubble. I don't know who's going to be that third option for them that's going to be able to lift them. So it's going to be tough. And I do think maybe Nurkic might have an extra motivation against his former team. And not only that, you're forgetting about my boy Melo, bro. Melo's playing his old team. He's going to be back in the Pepsi Center, the stadium he built. JK didn't build him. You know, he was a star there. But... You know, it's just it's just a weird year in the NBA, man. And these lower seeds, they're not like typical lower seeds. And it sucks. Like you play hard, you get the third seed and you get a bad matchup. To me, I got Blazers in six as well, man. Yeah, no, I think it's like I mentioned, it's going to be a close series. Uh, even without uh, Murray, Denver, super deep squad. 
you mentioned Porter, and he's going to have to be that second option. He's showing it. He can do it. But come playoff time, I don't know, people sometimes fall under pressure. So hopefully he can rise to the occasion. I think a big X factor for Denver is uh, a little man named Fauci Campazzo. He's only about, for those you don't know, he's a rookie this season, but he's 30 years old. Uh, he had a historic career in Europe. He's only about 5'10", but the dude can hoop. I mean, he's a hooper hooper. And he averaged 10.5 points, 6 assists, and 4 boards, and 2 steals a game. And his past 10 games, during when Murray was injured, he's really uh, stepped up during that time. Uh, he's a super pest on defense. One of the, already one of the best guard defenders in the NBA. And it'll be interesting to see if possibly maybe he can get under uh, Dame and CJ skin a little bit. Uh, he can really defend, and he can also really pass. And it's fun to watch him and Jokic, two of the best passers in the league on the same team. So I think he can play a really big part for this Denver squad. And on Portland, I think, uh, I think the key, we know what Dame and CJ are going to do. Like you mentioned, they're going to get buckets. They're going to do them. Uh, Boo's that third option. You mentioned Melo. Yeah, he ain't it. I'm sorry, Melo. This isn't, we're not getting 2010 Melo. We're not getting OKC hoodie Melo. I mean, we're just getting bench Melo and he'll give you his 10, 12 points a game, whatever it may be. But uh, it's not going to be enough. But I do think an X factor will be Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, last year in the bubble, he was dominating. He was playing, he was in the best shape of his life. Uh, he was looking like possibly maybe even looking better than CJ McCollum at times, being a second piece for the Portland Trailblazers. And there was a lot of hope going into the season. Maybe he could take that level and keep it for a whole season. Uh, I think his grandparents died in the uh, right before the season started. So he came, he missed a couple games, and he was out of shape coming into the season. And he never really got off to a good start. And then he had a big injury, and he just got back recently. And he's shown flashes of the play in the bubble. So I think if he gets his fitness up for, back from his injury and he does well, I think he can dominate the series. Like you mentioned, his ex-teammate uh, Jokic on Denver, they chose Jokic over him. Hopefully, If he can play well, Portland has a chance. Uh, if he's playing like he did at the start of the season, I don't think Portland's going to have a chance. And I don't know. It's, it's a tough series because I've seen what Portland can do. Uh, we know Portland. I mean, like I said, we know what they're going to do. I just It's hard to go against Denver. I mean, we got the MVP. The Probably, I hope, a unanimous MVP. It should be. Uh, Jokic, he's dominated all season. I don't think he's going to lose the first-round series. It wouldn't be a good look. And I don't know if Denver's gonna be uh, Portland's gonna be able to stop him on defense. So I gotta go Denver, and I'm gonna go Denver in six games. Yeah, that's uh, it, it'll be a closer series than um, I think everyone predicts it as well to be a close series. So we'll see. But I think we've gotten every matchup we possibly would have wanted in the first round, and other than the one versus eight in the Western Conference, but whatever. But here's the last playoff series we got going on. The Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. A rematch from last year. Hayden, what are your predictions on this one? Uh, I know I said a lot of the series are going to be easy, and I think this is going to be another easy series for the Clippers. I just don't see Dallas. They haven't made strides since last season. I mean, they probably they probably regressed, if I'm being honest, uh, since their, their bubble series against the Clippers last season. Uh, Porzingis, he's the X Factor, I think. He's he hasn't played very well this season. He's been injured. Last last bubble, he was playing really well, but I don't know. He just hasn't hasn't been playing at a high level this season. I know there's been rumblings about him and Dallas and the future. So I think the series is going to be it's going to be an eye opener, and it could lead to a potential trade down the road. Yeah, I don't know. It just he just hasn't been very good this season. And Doncic, he's been Doncic. Uh, you know what he's going to do, but 
Uh, I just don't see out of Porzengis. Who else is going to step up in the playoffs? Who else is good enough to step up in the playoffs and be that second or third option? You could possibly say Tim Hardaway Jr., but uh, I don't think so. He's more of a probably a sixth man on a on a NBA championship team. And on the Clipper side, I mean, look, you got PJ and PG and Kawhi. I mean, two of the best wing defenders, wing scorers in the NBA. Look, playoff P was last year. Didn't have a good bubble. Possibly due to his shoulder. Uh, he had an injured shoulder. I think he's had a great season this year. He's ready to go. I mean, I know last year he was in the in the media a lot, making comments here and there. This year he's been pretty quiet. Seems like they're focused on the one goal on winning the championship. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think Dallas can match up against PG and Kawhi. Uh, I'm going to go with Clippers in five. Okay, well, the only thing I have to say about the Clippers is they did avoid the Lakers in the playoff tree. So they lost some respect points there, but I think you hit it right on the nail. The, the X factor of this series is Porzingis. Because without him, they pushed the series to six last year. And he's having a career year in scoring, rebounding, assists on the Mavs this year. He's just never healthy. He's only played in, what, 49 games this year. But he's played in the last three before the playoffs have started. And in those three games, he's, what, went 19, 21, 18. So I think I think it, he's, he's found his rhythm before the playoffs starts. And he's the one player I think the Clippers will have a tough time matching up with. Who are you going to put? Serge Ibaka? Morris on him he's his he's a unicorn and you know they paid him the money they paid him he's gotten the money he's they traded a lot for him and he has to produce and this is the one series that I think he has to be better than Doncic because you're right the wing defenders and Kawhi and PG they're going to be all over Doncic all series and he has to be able to rely on Porzingis it's 2v2 your two best players versus the next two best players. Porzingis, do you think you're in that type of category? Do you think you're in the upper echelon of players? That's what it comes down to, right? And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And I think, look, you're saying it should be an easy series for the Clippers, but yo, the Clippers have some decisions to make. At the point guard position, they have three players. Rondo, Beverly, Jackson. Who's getting the majority of the minutes in the playoffs? I don't know. You're not going to play Beverly? You're not going to play Rondo? Playoff Rondo, who just steps up his game every playoff, anytime he's in the playoffs. I do want to see a Clippers Lakers matchup, but I don't, I think like this is a series that is going to cause them some trouble just because of Porzingis. So I do at the end have Clippers in six, but I wouldn't be shocked if it went Clippers in seven, just because Doncic is a, he's in a top tier superstar. And I think, I truly believe Porzingis is going to show up in this series. Yeah, no, Don's just me. Maybe able to steal a couple of games, I think. I just think this Clippers team, they're legit. I thought last year they were very legit, just unfortunate. Uh, they had a bad series against Denver. I mean, they're super contender this year. You mentioned Rondo. I mean, great pickup. Yeah, we saw what Rondo did last, last year in the bubble. The dude just didn't have a good season, but come playoff time, he just rises to the occasion. Something about him where he's been there. I think he'll be getting the major minutes, at least in the fourth quarter. It's going to be Rondo. Yeah, he'll be the lead guard. Yeah, he's been there. He knows what to do. Not the greatest shooter, but he still finds a way to get clutch buckets, clutch assists. I mean, he's going to be big for the Clippers team. Also, just giving them a point guard presence, I think that's really going to help. It's something they lack in the past couple of seasons. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't think... I think it's going to be easy for the Clippers. And I think it was super smart to avoid the Lakers. I mean, that's just... That's just High IQ by uh, Tyron Lue and, and the team. If they can meet the Lakers in the West, uh, Western Conference Finals, then hey, why not? I think 
they should be able to run over the Mavericks easily. But I think to wrap up, we've given our predictions for the first round series. Before the playoffs start, Simon, I got to ask you one question. Who do you got in the finals? And who do you got winning the whole thing? Well, I think I've been pretty, pretty adamant on who I think the runaway is this year. So I got coming out of the Eastern Conference, I have the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And then coming out of the Western Conference, who I want to see is the Los Angeles Clippers. I think they will pose the biggest threat to the Brooklyn Nets. And I just want to see my boy Kawhi get that third ring with a third team. So it is what it is. Uh, I got Brooklyn versus the Clippers. How about you? Yeah, no, those are two good picks, but uh, like always, I disagree with you. Uh, all along, I said, each episode, I always talk about how the Lakers are the best team in the NBA, and yeah, Lakers will be in the championship. And before, I said the Heat also will be in the championship, but hey, man, I'm going to change my mind on both teams. I don't think either of them are going to make the finals. In the East, I said this is my second team, and I think this is the year. I really think this is the year where Giannis takes that next step, where Budenholzer makes the adjustments, the addition of uh, Drew Holiday. I mean, Middleton's been balling. P.J. Tucker addition. I mean, DiVincenzo is going to take a next step up. This team's legit. I really do think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win the Eastern Conference. And out of the West, just looking at all the teams, I know they don't have a true superstar, but they're a legit team as they come. And they remind me a lot of the 2014 Spurs. They don't have a superstar, but they got a lot of pieces, a lot of guys who score. They got two six men off the bench. One of them is going to win in Clarkson and Ingles. One of them is going to win six man of the year award. As long as Mitchell's healthy, they got the defensive player of the year in Gobert. I mean, I don't see a team stopping this Utah Jazz team. They're legit, and I think their defense is going to carry them to the finals, and that's going to be a great series, Utah versus Bucks. I know the NBA wouldn't be happy with it because it's not going to get very good ratings because it's not going to be the most exciting uh, series, but for a basketball fanatic, that'd be a great series to watch. Lots of matchup issues for both teams. Lots of uh, strategies going to be needed in that series, and I'm going to go with the Bucks to win. That's my choice. I think the Bucks will outlast the Jazz in the finals in... We'll say six games, and I think Giannis will be Finals MVP, and he'll take the next step to possibly being a top three player in the NBA. Yo, I'm not even gonna respond to that comment. Like, honestly, I feel like he just ruined this entire episode with that prediction, and I am truly disappointed that he has the Utah Jazz, who I we both been saying all year they're not a real threat. Their first round exit if they play the Lakers. This guy. Just said they're going to make it to the NBA Finals. I'm done. I'm done and I'm wrapping up this show. And that's it, folks. This is our playoff preview episode. To follow all things NBA, follow us on IG, the Basketball Junkies podcast. I'm your host, Sadie K. I'm signing off with this bum over here, Slim H. Stay safe, y'all. Peace.